Chapter Twenty Five of the Venerable Don Bosco, the Apostle of Youth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carol Pelster. The Venerable Don Bosco, the Apostle of Youth, by M. S. Pine. Chapter Twenty Five french pilgrims visit don bosco other visits prophecies forever memorable was one of the last visits that don bosco paid in turin nine hundred pilgrims catholic working men of france on their way to rome stopped in turin and solicited the happiness of seeing him weak and suffering as he was he walked to the sogno's hotel leading on don rua and mr harmel as the large hall could not accommodate all the pilgrims don bosco seated himself in front of the hotel entrance and having given them and their families a fervent benediction he deputed don rua to address them in his behalf each of the pilgrims then knelt to kiss don bosco's hand and receive from him a medal of our lady help of christians a function that lasted nearly an hour during which the venerable patriarch softly spoke his good wishes may the blessed virgin protect you and guide you to heaven or to priests god grant that you may lead many souls to him the salesian bulletin in a description of this inspiring scene adds on this evening don bosco received many proofs of a generosity which is proverbial the french pilgrimages leave long and bright trains of faith in their wake scarcely less touching is the pen picture of a personal visit paid to don bosco by a belgian gentleman in december eighteen eighty seven i had to go up numerous stairs and at the top in a very humble attic i found him i remarked two splendid etchings there attesting that if the object of the institution was to educate artisans artists too belonged to it i met don bosco's principal co-laborers don rua his vicar-general the other his assistant don durando the first still young i recognized at once to be an active energetic character the second ascetic-looking singularly recalled to me the emaciated countenance of st vincent of paul as the waiting-room was full of visitors of all classes don durando allowed me to pass into his cell where i was astonished to see evidences of great poverty many poor are better lodged and have better furniture than this eminent clergyman i believe the salesian staff are contented with the lodging of a barrack when at last i was to have the happiness of approaching don bosco my heart beat more quickly than in going before worldly potentates reflecting that i was to meet one of those rare men whom god is pleased to raise up at certain times to show what saints are and what they can achieve sanctity how this word makes worldly people smile nevertheless even from a human point of view saints have had a great effect on individual lives and nations 
who would dare to say for example that the social influence of st vincent of paul has not been deeper more lasting and above all happier and more salutary than that of a richelieu or a mazarin who could say that the providential originating power bestowed on don bosco in this intricate labor question if it came to be generalized would not cause unexpected solutions while thus reflecting my turn for admission came i threw a rapid glance around the room which was as miserably and poorly furnished as possible and saw with emotion an old man seated on a sofa bent with age and the labours of a long apostolate his failing powers no longer admitted of his standing up but he raised his head which was bent and i could see his eyes weak but full of intelligent goodness don bosco spoke french fluently slowly but he expressed himself with remarkable clearness he gave me a simple dignified and cordial welcome i was much touched at an aged almost dying man unceasingly invaded by visitors evincing such sincere sympathetic interest in all he spoke to me in moving terms of the bishop of liege's ardent zeal for workmen with don bosco the sword had cut the scabbard but what strength of mind still existed in the weakened body with what a tone of regret he deplored that his feebleness prevented him from actively directing his numerous works who more than he is entitled to intone with confidence the canticle of holy simeon nunc dimitis servum tuum in pace the bishop of liege monsignor du had long been soliciting of don bosco a salesian foundation in his episcopal city of belgium but in vain a personal visit however late in december brought him at last the desired consolation the founder consented and even fixed the time and arranged some of the details of the foundation it is evident that don bosco had long foreseen the time of his death the day perhaps as well as the year it was in deference to his earnest entreaty that the consecration of the church of the sacred heart was not postponed until eighteen eighty eight i wish to see our church consecrated he said and if it is deferred i shall not see it when his disciples and friends alluded lovingly to the coming celebration of his golden jubilee of priesthood in eighteen ninety one he would smile and say you are under an illusion in november eighteen eighty seven seated one day at the bedside of a salesian father who had received the last sacraments he said in a tone of decision you will not die your turn is not yet come another will take your place the patient recovered his health and don bosco when dying was actually placed in the bed he had occupied it being more convenient for his attendants a noble benefactress of his works whose last hour was near desired to see her holy director don bosco was conducted to her and greeting her with his usual pleasantry 
he said teasingly ah madame la comtesse you were to sacrifice two fat calves for my jubilee and you are breaking your word but i cannot find fault with you for i shall not be there either during the year of eighteen eighty seven some of his dearest friends among them the abbe margotti a staunch defender and benefactor of don bosco and his society for forty years had passed through the gates of eternal life leaving many a void in his great and loving heart but death was to him only an angel who comes to draw aside the veil that hides the unseen as the new year eighteen eighty eight was beginning its progress he said to his brethren make haste and ask a grant for my grave it was a command which they obeyed with sorrow and apprehension on december sixth the salesian missionaries started for their far-away destination in ecuador south america and don bosco aided by his secretary don Viglietti, descended to preside at the farewell ceremonies don bonetti preached but when the dear wayfarers passed before their venerable founder to kiss his hand his strength failed utterly and he had to be borne to his room the next day his beloved monsignor Cagliero arrived from patagonia the emotion on both sides may be conceived after so lengthened and trying a separation they met for a moment only to face another parting until the eternal years this meeting suggested to don bosco a similar consolation for those fathers who had been longest in the society who had borne with him the burden and heat of the day from the beginning and don ceruti don branda don albera and others were recalled to the bedside of their dying founder to the dear valdoco of their childhood on december seventeenth thirty penitents awaited their holy guide in his ante-room seeking mainly his decision in regard to vocations all his life don bosco had been the apostle of the confessional and it was currently said of him that no one in that age except the sainted cure of ours had heard so many confessions it is a well-known fact that often the whole night wore away in this divine ministration to souls and those penitents who had left consoled at the midnight hour on returning early to the church for mass and communion found don bosco still in the confessional the last penitents of the long line still patiently waiting their turn his infirmities of late had indeed forced him to limit the performance of this sacred duty to wednesday and saturday evenings but he would not suffer any one to be sent away and now when his attendants compassionating his weakness begged leave to dismiss the eager group he said gently no let them come in it is the last time he heard their confessions advised and consoled them in his leisurely paternal manner and they were indeed his last penitents End of chapter twenty five